Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. And we say, Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for this powerful teaching that you give us every Friday. We thank you, Lord, for last night's eye opener. You show us the mysteries that we have not seen before. And that helps us revolutionize to renew and reform the way we pray, to transform our thinking so that the platform or the plane from which we look into things has now shifted from the physical and into the spiritual. You reveal your deep and secret things, which you only make known to those that you choose to. We thank you, Father that you provide us all of our needs. You give us not only our physical needs, but also our spiritual needs. We thank you, Lord, for this new day. We thank you that we are alive and well. We thank you that you have fearfully and wonderfully made us. That we do not fully understand how our bodies function, why our heart never tires from beating, why our lungs never stop breathing. And yet we are alive and well. And we are safe. And you have provided a roof over our head. And you have provided everything that we need. That we are not found lacking. But we have every provision, every requirement met. We also thank you, Father. And we give you glory and praise. For your mercy that you renew for us every morning. But no matter how many times we fall, the very minute that we repent, you call us back. You do not want to hold us accountable for all those sins, but are ever willing to forgive them, cast them behind your back and remember them no more. As soon as we repent of them and we make that decision to turn away from them and never go back to them again, you provide that grace, that strength that is needed to never go back there. We thank you, Father, that you pour your peace and your joy into our hearts. That when we come into our place of prayer, our secret place with you, we're able to leave all our worries, our cares, our pains, our suffering, our sorrow outside. And we are able to commune with you. We are able to partake in that peace. We are able to join our spirit to yours to be one in spirit and release our prayer of faith. Believing that prayer that is released from the spiritual realm is powerful, is effectual and must bring significant result, must bring manifestation. Just as your word in James 5.16b says, we share that same peace and joy, Lord, with all those that are part of this prayer meeting. It will pray with this recording and everyone that is part of this praying family. We share it with all those for whom prayers have been requested on this group, those that have no one to pray for them. We also share it, Lord, with all those that are Christians and have not yet personally known you. They do not know you yet. And with all those that do not want to know you. Ignorance has kept them away from you by creating that barrier in between. And so, Father, we ask for that quickening of their spirits, that they rise above that ignorance to call on your name, 
And then when you draw them near Father, all shame is removed and they are clothed in your glory, in the righteousness of Jesus. So as we make our prayer this morning, we lift up all of these, our brothers and our sisters, and every other prayer request that we have in our hearts, every request on our prayer group, and we call on your name with that same faith, with the understanding that you give us from your word that everyone that calls in your name cannot go back empty-handed and cannot go back in shame. We call on the name of our Father, our Maker, the one who blots out every transgression, the one who is the preserver of men and whose hand is not short to redeem us. And we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus, the one who paid the price with his own blood, his own royal blood, the King of kings, the God of our salvation, the rock, on which that foundation on which we build our Christian faith and our lives. The Lord who heals. Our daily bread given straight down from heaven. That we might eat and live. That we shall not die. And we pray in the name of your spirit. The spirit of the living God. The spirit of Jesus. The spirit who is the creator of the universe. And created everything at the spoken word of the Father. The one who hovers over every darkness in our life, every ignorance. And brings light at that spoken word. Brings revelation. And with that revelation gives transformation as a gift to each one that calls on your name. The breath of the Father. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And now gives life to our mortal body. That we can say, I shall not die but live and will proclaim the great and mighty wondrous things that he has done for us. He is the Lord in the midst of his people who is mighty, the one who dwells in this prayer meeting as well with us here. When we sing your praise, Lord, we remember what your word says, that you dwell on your praises. Thank you, Father, that you gave us those mysteries and you gave us the power of prayer that we are able to legally bring you into any circumstance and we know how to call on your name, that you will be there present with us. You have shown us that where two or three are gathered, there you are in our midst. And when we make it a prayer of agreement, you have told us in your word, most assuredly, that that prayer will be an answered prayer. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the gift, the power in that word, and you reveal those gems to us. We thank you that you have also blessed us with angels and destiny helpers that in every area we fall short. You provide all that is required to fill that gap. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity to be in your presence and to be a part of this prayer group. It is our privilege, Father, that you invite us here. And we thank you, Lord for that grace that you put upon our lives. For the new thing that you are doing in our lives every day, that is your word in Isaiah 43, 19 says. We thank you, Father. And as we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, the cover and seal, every word we speak and every prayer we make by the precious blood of Jesus as also every person that is part of these prayer meetings and the recordings as well as every member 
that is part of every family of the Holy Spirit Brisbane Prayer Group. We cover each of these by your precious blood, Lord. We draw a bloodline around them, declaring that as our spiritual barricade, a hedge of protection. And that everything, every force of wickedness that comes against this barricade, let it be judged by the fire of heaven in the mighty name of Jesus. Let it be condemned. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your holy and pure will for these lives, Father. We declare, let there be a fulfillment of that will in each of these lives. Let your kingdom come and your will be done just as it is in heaven. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism and any kind of natural disasters. I command that angelic protection in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus and we also herald the power in our word as we proclaim that same power from what your word in Isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11 says. That as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is our word that goes out of each of our mouths this day. And we declare that that word would not return to us empty but will accomplish what we desire and will achieve the purpose for which we send it. When we send it according to your will in faith in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Today we continue in our series on self-reflection and we touch upon the occupation of the fallen man. What is it that has kept the man, a fallen man, in that state? And it is all described by only one word, pride. The first sin of Lucifer and the biggest reason for our fall, the most serious sin in God's eyes. Remember that Lucifer did not receive pardon. We still have that privilege, that opportunity that we can go back and ask for forgiveness when we have acted out of pride. So what is pride then? Let's have a closer look. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And when the person gives excessive attention to self, when he considers himself, his position or his abilities better than the others, then he has pride. When he is consumed by those thoughts, as he thinks in his heart, and then that is reflected in his outward attitude towards others. It is exactly opposite to what God wants of us. God wants humility. Then we act out of pride. And so what does the devil do? He doesn't need to fight us. He doesn't need to engage us in battle. All he needs to do is stir up that pride for he knows the outcome. He has seen it himself. And the lives we live today based on worldly ways, based on our traditions, our customs, based on following trends, that are current today. That pride is easily and quickly sparked. 
we have become unforgiving that even if someone says something to us no matter even if that is our spouse if someone did something we are quick to answer and we are quick to reply back not only in words sometimes in actions as well to harm others and all the devil did was suggest the devil tempting us is not our greatest problem neither is low self esteem or our family background or our friends that influence us nor injustice that we suffer it is pride that is stirred up in all of those pride is the occupation of a fallen man to think that we are self sufficient in all our ways and we don't need christ that is why you see many that have turned away from him to fail to acknowledge yet through the bible we are taught that he is our sufficiency in every way he makes us complete let's look at what the bible says about pride 1 john 2 verse 15 and 16 it says if anyone loves the world then the love of the father is not in him remember romans 12:2 says do not conform to that world this is why if anyone loves the world then the love of the father is not in him let's continue verse 16 for all that is in the world now what is it he's specifying there the lust and sensual craving of the flesh and the lust and longing of the eyes and the boastful pride of life pretentious confidence this is the extended amplified version now the boastful pride of life is pretentious confidence in one's resources or in the stability of earthly things i've got this i've got the money i've got the assets i've got everything i need why do i need god these do not come from the father but are from the world so when you join this verse with romans 12 to do not conform to the patterns of the world here he has specified what those patterns are lust of the flesh lust of the eyes and the pride of life isaiah 14 verse 12 to 15 talks about satan's fall due to pride Satan in a similar way wanted to achieve everything for himself and he thought i will set my throne above the most high and there are numerous other words other passages in the bible that talk about pride if we go to list them we will need a full hours worth of session or even longer today i would just touch on these two and then move on to what are the outcomes does the bible say that will follow those who nurse pride it is important to see what the bible says about those who carry pride in their hearts in luke 14 verse 11 he says everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted pride brings downfall 
James 4 verse 6 and 7 says God and 8 says God hates the bride but he gives grace to the humble. So that just reiterates what we've seen here in Luke 14 verse 11. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. Proverbs 11 verse 2 says when pride comes then comes disgrace but with humility comes wisdom. And it is interesting that in each of these, there's a direct comparison with pride and its opposite, humility. What God is really telling us there is you get to choose. We've seen that yesterday. Your will is the strongest thing. You get to choose whether you will act in pride or you will act in humility in every circumstance that seeks to suggest a stirring up of your pride. Now, if we choose to react, then we will react from the flesh. But if we choose to respond, where we take time to discern, then you will react from the spirit and that will be through humility. You get to choose. Proverbs 16 verse 18 says, pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. A haughty spirit essentially is one that is filled with pride. before destruction or before a fall, this is what comes. And then James 4, verse 6 and 7 talk about God resisting the proud but offering grace to the humble which we've already touched. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, Paul says, Paul said, to keep him from pride, he was given a thorn in the side. He was given an affliction. We are sometimes given pain. We are given setbacks. There are sufferings in our life just so that we might stay humble. It is important for us to discern whether that is a, that is a lesson God is teaching us or are we just saying, God, I declare by the stripes and wounds of Jesus, I am healed from that pain. And he's saying, no, let it be because it will stir up pride otherwise. In our place of prayer, we need to look at those afflictions and ask God for discernment of what it really is. What is the learning that we are, that he is seeking to give us there? So key takeaways for us. Number one, pride is the root of all evil and the biggest cause of sin. More than unforgiveness. Number two, God hates pride and he wants us to be humble. And the third one here is, I'll just list, and pay, please, please pay close attention and reflect on yourself to see what promptings you are receiving from the Holy Spirit. But I'll list some signs of pride here. The first one, when you feel self-sufficiency, I have everything I need to succeed in whatever I'm doing. That especially comes when all things are going our way and there are no obstructions, no challenges, no, no problems whatsoever in our life. And everything is smelling, uh, sorry, sailing smooth. We tend to forget God and think we are self-sufficient. Number two, anxiety over things in our daily life. The third one is comparison to others. 
the need to feel or be recognized or awarded. The feeling that we deserve things we are not getting can very soon quickly turn into pride. It is an early sign, an early warning of pride actually. Being too performance-oriented and ambitious. Being competitive. Focusing on the I, like Satan in Isaiah 14, 12 to 15. It is all about me and myself. When we think I will, I am, in our thoughts and in our words as well. A feeling of jealousy. A sense of superiority. Self-righteousness. And on the other hand, self-pity as well. The feeling of I know it all. I have everything that I need to know. In other words, please do not teach me. It is always others who are wrong. That's another feeling that can reflect warning signs. I don't like being corrected. A feeling of stubbornness within. And the last one I've put in my list is one who is a slanderer and puts others down talks bad about them. I'd like us to reflect on these on, in our own personal dealings with others. To go deep within ourselves and reflect on our thoughts. How do I see myself there? Observe my own behavior. On, am I doing something like this that is reflective or indicative, a red flag for pride? And then the fourth takeaway is, how do you get out of it? When the Holy Spirit convicts you, through that self-reflection, you repent. And you renounce, and you ask for grace. What you have renounced, we need to pray to not go back into that same mistake and not fall into the same pit again. We need to pray for that grace. The Bible says, when we confess, He is ready to forgive. When we repent, he restores. And lastly, about pride, it is important to remember that this is not a one-time battle. It is not that if you have renounced and rejected it once, it ends there. It is like a series of waves in the sea. They keep coming. It can keep rearing its head again and again. The spirit of pride is patient. So we need to include the practice of humility in our daily lives. All that we are learning through what the Holy Spirit convicts us there, we have to keep rising out of those and then be on the watch for other signs. So it is a constant monitoring, renouncing, praying for grace, and then keep watching again. Is there something else? Is there more? Is there something else that I missed earlier? Or is the devil trying to introduce another one which I have not seen before? 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for that discernment and for that grace over each of our lives, Lord. As we open our hearts and in repentance we come to you, just as your word in Psalm 139 says, we say, search my heart and try my thoughts and see if there be any iniquity in there. Just like David prayed, we also pray, Father. And we ask for that conviction that you show us the picture as is the truth knowing that that truth then sets us free from the sin that we have been living with in our lives. We ask for that revelation this day, that edification in our spirit, Lord. We ask for that discernment on an ongoing basis so that when we look in our spiritual mirror, your word, that sword of the spirit makes it clear to us and divides your truth from every lie and from all forms and all signs of pride that are seeking to rear their head up within us. We can use that sword of the spirit to cut it down. We ask for that edification in our spirit today, Lord. As we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our own personal needs and those of our families and our friends. For all those that are battling sickness and disease and that are hospitalized this day. We pray for all families that are undergoing division or separation of any kind, all strongholds, all those that are fighting against any kind of strongholds in their lives, especially addiction. But more so, Father, we pray for your people that live and each of us in some way or the other live in one or more of these in ignorance, in busyness, in prayerlessness and in poverty. The ploy of the enemy designed to keep your people powerless and in slavery and subjection. We ask for your light, Lord. Just as your Bible says in the beginning in Genesis, in the beginning there was darkness, there was chaos, there was confusion and you said let there be light. We ask for that very same grace of light in this our circumstance, that all of these forms of darkness are removed they are revealed to us. That truth then sets us free as we get onto our search on our journey towards the kingdom of your truth fed by the manna along the way. There is a cleansing, there is a restoration, and there is a revival in our spirits. We also pray for our own personal needs and those of our families and our friends, especially those that are not yet saved, that they are quickened and they are drawn towards you and they give their hearts to you, Father. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. When we join our spirit to yours to be one spirit and we release our prayer knowing that the Holy Spirit prays with us, we make it our prayer of agreement with each other that prayer will only come back as an answered prayer. There is no other possibility in the outcomes. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us the measure of faith. Each one of us has a gift in the spirit. And we use that very same measure of faith now and release it in our prayer of agreement, believing that what we speak, we shall receive as we have spoken it, as we have heralded it. By that spirit of power, prophecy. We release that testimony. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using your gift of tongues to unmute and join in. 
those that are praying for the gift to release your faith and ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shut the kid 
The scripture that's been placed on my heart this morning is from Romans 1, 24 and 25. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their heart to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a couple of scriptures that have been shared in the chat as well. The first one is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. And this is quoted from the Amplified Bible here, where it is written. But he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weakness, so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. 
And the second one is quoted from Proverbs 16, verse 3, taken from the NIV, where it says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these reflections as well as Brother Savio's reflections that he posts on our Telegram page, on our Facebook page, and now on our YouTube page as well, they are posted. If you are being blessed by those reflections, please share them and give, us, give it as a gift to others. Especially the one that God points you to, the name that stands out to you the most when you hear that message. Let them hear it today and let that saving grace begin a transformation in their lives as well. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, it does in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Thank you, Thank you Russell. God bless everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Russell.